few years ago. When was that? My sister, that was probably 2021, 20, 2020, maybe, I think. Help blurs together. That was like my college years, man. I was just trying to survive. Right. <laughs> you. That's a water so, for you also. Did you guys rock? Way to go. 10 out of 10. So, I guess I can... Start Shall we off. start? Introduce? Yeah. Okay, so welcome Ready. to the Film Garage 208 podcast. Woo! My name is Sarah. <laughs> this is Keegan, everyone. This is our excited guest, Keegan. He is so excited. I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah, we didn't cancel on him today. He's here. No, and I didn't cancel on them, so it worked out great. <laughs> yeah, look at us both being responsible. Yeah, we're All good. of us. We're good adults. Look yeah. At yeah. So yeah, Sarah, Daniel, Keegan, welcome everybody. Yo. So you are rabbit ear laces. Rabbit ear laces in the flesh, man. We we make your shoelaces from like zero out of ten to eleven out of ten. Yeah, they're the coolest things you'll That's you'll a ever big jump. find. It's a huge jump, but we stand by it. It's it's standout style for shoes, and they stand out. So they're really cool. Um, I. I've always done a lot of stuff in formal settings. So mm-hmm. I've done, I did speech and debate in high school. I was like the biggest dork ah, nerd ever. Yes. Uh-huh. And all I did was wear like these dress shoes. <laughs> you were ahead of the game. I was at a game and I was like walking around with my cute. Dress I had like shoes this, with the dress outfit or just the dress shoes? Mm, I mixed it up. So sometimes <laughs> yeah. I would just have the shoes on and then I, you know, I'd throw the suit on too. But I did a lot mm-hmm. of high school days in, in high a suit and tie too. with some dress shoes. Uh-huh. Wow. It was wild. I had this like really spiffy briefcase. Stop. I'm not even kidding. It was, it <laughs> you were was like a full grown adult. Oh, <laughs> adult. Adult. <laughs> adult. I'll a take dote. it. I don't know if we'll go. I don't with even the know what that was. Not yeah. adult and adult. An adult. Exactly. So I, you know, I, I've always I had talk this today. affinity for dress shoes, and then I, I'm super into the Church of Jesus Christ. So I served a mission. Okay. Where did you shoes. serve? Uh, California Santa Rosa. Okay. okay. It was Rosa. super awesome. Mm-hmm. Worked with these amazing American Native, like Native American Indigenous tribes, the Pomo people. Interesting. Super cool. But wore dress shoes all the time. Hmm. Um, yes. Lived then, in those. I'm sure. <laughs> it was wild. Mm-hmm. And the shoelaces, they're terrible. So they you're suck. How many shoes do you right? bring with you? Yeah. Can I let like, go on a mission? Yeah. I brought two. Only two? I had, Is there like a limit? No, you I can bring it. I mean, oh. you could probably pack a suitcase. Yeah. Be like, these are my dress shoes. But I I don't know. I I, I went and got like Echoes. They're okay. super, I don't know. They're like the missionary shoe. Okay. okay. They last forever. You can like run them over with a freight train. Feed them to a dog. Great. And they're, and they're comfortable. So good. They're so comfy. Do they okay. look good? Not the shoelaces. Shoelaces were horrible. I mean, <laughs> absolutely disaster, which uh-huh. is kind of what inspired this is because I would go and do like debate tournaments and I'd go on my mission and my shoelaces were always disgusting. Mm. Like they were always Because you can clean the shoe. You can clean the shoe, but the lace is gross. Like you walk through Muddy Puddle, like in California, man, it's yeah. over. Those Stains shoelaces on. are just nasty. Even if you do wash them, they don't come back. Yeah. They just don't come back. They get frizzy. And then they have those dumb little plastic ends. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah that chip mm-hmm. off. That and, just chip off. It was, uh-huh. it's, it's so bad. So wrap you your like laces. You randomly find yourself picking off and you're just sitting there like. Yeah. yeah. You're like, shut it down. This uh-huh. is so <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> the worst, this is so nasty. TMI right here. But I. <laughs> we used to have a problem with dog poop on my mission. Oh. So on the res, there's like all these res dogs. Some uh, of them are nice. Most will kill you. Yeah, they're uh-huh. a little feral. Yeah, they're a little wild. Yeah. A little wild. Uh-huh. Um, and don't all, mess with res dogs. No, you mm-hmm. don't mess with res dogs, man. No. And not all uh-uh. reservations are like this, but the ones I was on, they, they had some and the wild ones here dogs. too. I haven't been here. Do the, they have I've, some? That's a problem. Like it <laughs> killed a kid a year ago. Oh, The res dogs did. Like they're a problem. That's so bad. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll just talk about that. Just took a hard turn. <laughs> well, it's super sad. Um, but no, like Anyways. the dog poop, right? And I, it would like, the, there was poop everywhere and then it would rain. So then you had dog poop shoe with dog poop shoelaces. So rabbit yeah. laces was born to combat that disaster of mm-hmm. nasty shoelaces. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they're, I use, most shoelaces are made of cotton, which is just the worst thing when you get gross because okay. you can't, I mean, you have, like, it's just, it absorbs everything. Yeah. So these are all polyester. They're hydrophobic. So you can like dunk it in a puddle. Phenomenal, like water resistant stuff like that. It's got 10 times, 15 times the tensile strength of cotton. So cool. I would always break shoelaces on my mission. And even at like debate tournaments, I don't know. It was mm-hmm. like getting wild at that pulpit, man. I was just, <laughs> woo! But kick in. Split your kick in. I know. Yeah. I was like going to town. So um, these were born as a solution to combat the tragedy that is like I actually sprinted door to door. And that's why. <laughs> that's why. Shoes took a beating. Shoes took a beating. And then they're just boring too, man. And like there's so much data out there. You like walk in. I would always get, I don't know, man. I guess I was self-conscious about my shoelaces. But you'd like walk in. And I'm like the dorky six-year-old kid, like 16-year-old kid already, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And people would look down at my shoes and they're like untied or like little plastic ends were fraying. And the judges were like, oh man, do you, can this, you help tie your shoes, bro? 
And I'm like, I'm 16. I can tie him. The laces Did are just terrible. Did ask you that? Yeah. It was a <laughs> multiple, like multiple times. No. They just assume like if you're like, I don't know, 15, 16, you have a like untied shoe, something must be wrong. And I'm I was like, like let me look at your shoes, buddy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's see your laces. Let's see your laces. So anyway, and that's the other thing too. These, I, I took a ton of time and research to figure out like the optimal lakes. Yeah. Length uh-huh. for a shoe. The length. The length, because you get dress Take shoes. Take us through that. Yeah. Whole thing. So I went, I was in college when this business started and it was so awkward. <laughs> but I went into the mall mm-hmm. and I went to like every shoelace store they had. This, or shoe store. Idaho Falls Mall. Uh, this is a Utah. So okay. I went to go you. So okay. I went to that little Orem Mall right there. Sure. So they have like a Foot Locker. They have like a Dillard's. Mm-hmm. And I went in and I would measure. So I would like go look at the shoes and I had like a little caliber thing okay and i would like unlace the shoe you like whipped it out you whipped it out of your suit pocket that you're wearing yeah unlace the whole shoe and i'd like you know take out my little thing and then the people would come and they'd be like like why did you unlace this whole shoe well and i had like my little what do you call that like i think it's a caliber i don't i don't know what it's called but i found it on amazon where you can like measure diameter so you can like oh like a little yeah like a little the metal i know what you're talking (laughs) about it's like a little what's that called goes like that it's like digital Insert name here, everyone. Insert name here. What is this name? I don't Small. know. Small. I know what you're talking about, You know, though. I had to Circumference ask. Circumference thing. Measurer. Circumference. <laughs> Diameter. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but I had that thing okay. because, like, the, the, the circumference. For the literal the, thickness no, of not, the lace. No, the width, not circumference. It's just yeah. Diameter. But little things. The little thingy. You yeah. know, like how how thick is like that? Like you're not going to use a measuring tape on something that's small. No, yeah. but I had one of those too. So uh-huh. I would roll in with my like little measuring tape and my little thingy that uh-huh. goes like. Okay. Uh-huh. We'll put like, a picture of it on the yeah, YouTube. You know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so you'll see. But that was like who I was. And I, I mean, shoe like. I love that. Laces. There's so many. And I would get the weirdest looks from the dealers people. <laughs> and I'd be like, well, tell me about the shoelace length and they would just be they like they know nothing I'm they sure know nothing, nothing. No. no and I'd be like can I try this on and they'd be like yeah the shoe length length <laughs> the, the shoelace shoelace length I know try saying like that a shoelace length I know right what would you say if someone asked you that at the store like, oh. <laughs> what? what I've never measured I'm sorry yeah so weird so I'd like measure them inspect them try them on and then I'm like the poor college student like I just needed the data so I'm like yeah so this is just like a class project <laughs> And they'd be like, oh, so you don't want to buy a shoe? And I'm like, no. No. <laughs> but great to know that your lace is like 0.25 millimeters wide. You like write and, it down you know, in your 37.9 long, you know. So anyway, did a ton of research on different shoes and like how long the lengths are. And then I got on and like did some like experimenting with different lengths to like see which ones would be tied the best. Yeah. So I would like walk around with two different dress shoes. Okay. And that was a whole fun conversation with people too. Like out in public, like you were doing public, that? You know, I'd have like okay. this weird like brown sneaker. Good and for then you. I was rocking like the baby blue chuka boot. <laughs> so it was just, it was a phenomenal, uh-huh. phenomenal experience. Great to have in my life. Uh-huh. So anyway, <laughs> we, we did a ton of research to figure out the right length. So when you tie your shoe, you get those beautiful rabbit ears. And that's where like the name of the company comes from. Yeah. Okay. Where they're the little like little rabbit ears, little bow kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And where it doesn't come untied. It's not short enough that you can't get a good, like a good tie. Sure. It's not too long that the heavy ends of those laces will naturally untie your shoe as you're walking. So Ton of product development, but good for you. The bomb.com. Interesting. So this yeah. started from a project at school. Yeah. So the whole story is, um, I, I studied entrepreneurship in college cool. and, and there are these really cool e-commerce classes. That's where I fell in love with. E-commerce. That's awesome. It was but really, they offered that. It was amazing. BYU, yeah. you know, and I, college and I, Cosmo and I had some beef, man. Like I, I, I loved my core awesome classes interior design like 102 i thought that class was going to kill me my heart and soul like that was fierce and then i took like an economics class that was Econ's hard. oh that was like rocket science yeah. and then i mean i took this super wild poli sci class there were some times where we were you chose some interesting classes oh there. there's generals you have to like take that them. interior design is that a general interior, class so is art so i could either take like pottery or art history or interior design sure. i think i did an okay. art history class oh, and i see i thought uh, about mine it. was okay yeah yeah <laughs> mine was like killed history so yeah random class yeah. random class to fill it in uh-huh. mm-hmm. you know and i so i, I just i thought interior design would be kind of like you know chill sit on some couches evaluate yeah. no it was ferocious so cause when i had some beef i ate a lot of mint brownies made me feel a little bit better mm-hmm. um, but i did love my entrepreneurship core uh, <laughs> anyway long story short <laughs> i i digress but they had a class where you could go in and learn how to start an online business so you they would bring in some people who had started successful ones 
And there was one class where we actually made one in the class. Cool. And I started a business called Never Not It. Um, okay. And it was shoelaces. I It was just kind of like drop shipping. So I was a salesperson for a Chinese company, basically. And okay. they were these super crappy shoelaces that you could like screw together. So hmm. you didn't have to tie them. Mm. Oh, they, <laughs> yeah. So they had like funny. little screws. That's kind of a fun idea. Super interesting, right? They, I've they, never seen that. Yeah, they're really lame in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> they seem like it. They, they, they never nodded, does no longer exist. But from that was born some inspiration. You know, people loved the the Chinese company that did it, that I was like selling for. I like made a little website, pretended to be like a shoelace guy. But I, I pretended I was. You were was. a shoelace guy. I was guy. a shoelace you guy. Were a I bought them guy. from China and sold them. These are not made. We, we've upgraded substantially. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what people love the most about them was not that they were screwy, you know, that you could screw them. But okay. The colors. Um, and hmm. then they were they were made of like, they had like a little stretchy core in them. So they stretched. Yeah. Okay. And they didn't break very easily. So, I, you know, after talking to a lot of people and thinking about my own experience and debate and on my mission and yeah. all the other times I've worn suits and shoes and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, we arrived at super rad looking, indestructible, legit colored shoelaces. Well, you have a lot of experience with shoelaces. So you are in the right field. That's like really cool things that Mm -hmm. I would have never thought of before. I know. Kind of wild, huh? You kind of like overlook the shoelace. You do. You might think of like a new shoe style, but that's... No, it's cool. It is. And it, it really transforms shoes. Like, I, I mean, and everyone's already got a need for it. Look uh-huh. at this bad boy. You know, like this yeah, white those are really shoe. Cute. Super cute. These yeah. are my Valentine's date shoe. So uh-huh. there's a cute girl I'm going to ask out. Mm-hmm. She keeps going on dates with me. And I want her to go on my Valentine's Day. I'm like shocked she keeps going because in my mind, I'm like, she's way out of my league. But oh. she keeps going. So I'm thinking, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a little, it's I'm going to ask her today. It's I'm a little laces. close. I think it's the shoelaces. Mm-hmm. So does she look at you when she talks to you or does she just look down at shoes first? So it's, hmm. Those are some cute shoelaces. I'm like, I know. They really class me up, don't they? And yeah. she's like, yeah, they take you from like a five to a 10 out of 10. I'm like, oh, wow. She, she's know? like, those bows are perfect. I've mm. never seen that. No. She, so it's it's good stuff. The shoelaces, they work magic. They really, really do. They uh-huh. they class you up big time. So that's been really fun with them too. And then, you know, we we spent a lot of time. And by I say we, I, I worked. It's fascinating what's available to you now with technology. So I, this is really an international product where we pulled in artisans and designers and kind of built a team to create this product from all over the world. That's cool. Um, which has been really fun. But the spool too, I mean, the whole experience of having and purchasing a shoelace like of that caliber that comes to cute little burlap bag and everything. Yeah. It's just, it's fun. Yeah. So how did you go about figuring out like the right type of shoelace? Like did you just <laughs> test different materials and stretch on them. So a lot of the experimenting with the mall in Utah where mm-hmm. I bought or like I did buy, I wound up buying a ton of different shoes after my original, you know, mm-hmm. looking at the length, um, mm-hmm. ton of experimenting. And then I asked and talked to hundreds of people. What's cool about Utah is, you know, the church of Jesus Christ is huge over there. So mm-hmm. a lot of people go to church. A lot of people have served missions, a lot of experience. So a lot of dress shoe experience. Yes. A lot yeah. of dress shoe experience. Yes. So I, you know, did a ton of prototyping, mm-hmm. um, I found this family. I, so these shoelaces, what's really cool about Rabbit Ear is our shoelaces are tailored in the color capital of the world. Hmm. Um, and that's India. So okay. India has just cool. for thousands of years has had this amazing affinity for dyes and colors and textile. Interesting. Um, it's just, it's amazing. And I found this family there that's been doing, you know, textile design um, for like threads for hundreds of years. Hmm. So I, I went and got with them and I kind of talked to them and I said, here's what I want to do. And they were excited about it. And I'm terrible with color. I'm so bad, but they, they have their stuff together, man. So hmm. asked them for some thoughts, recommendations. We kind of worked together, built some prototypes and we were really iterative. So I would get prototypes from them. I'd give them to a ton of my friends, you know, yeah. they'd like walk around we'd talk. Okay. The length was off. The diameter is really weird. A ton of things you wouldn't think about, right? Like sure. these have a perfect diameter. Mm-hmm. So it fits almost every men's dress shoe you can find on earth. Cause that's and that important. Is a, yeah, yeah. That is a, and it, I mean, we are down to the millimeter there. Like there are some dress shoes where if you're just like a millimeter off, you'll never get it in that really thick leather, leather. Yeah. but then you want it to look good in other dress shoes where, you know, you have like the wider holes. So yeah. ton of experimenting there, talking to a ton of people. I'd say that's how we really landed at a product and how we found like the optimal lace was iteration after iteration after iteration. And then talking to people who've been in this space for hundreds of years, right? So when I talk to my my partners in India, I say, okay, well, let's, let's look at fabric options. You know, what is the difference between a cotton lace, you know, and an all polyester lace? Or if we were to do like a polyester nylon cotton weave, you know, yeah. what are the strengths and advantages? And then I had a huge advantage where I was at college and I'm like, I'm going to get my money's worth with this tuition, man. So I would go to professors in like the engineering department. Sure. And I'd roll in and be like, yo, so I want to have some conversations with you about textile strength. 
<laughs> they probably loved that. Oh, they were like, yeah, yeah, man. Like, let's talk about polyester fibers. Woo. <laughs> so, you know, I did a ton of math and research with them is, okay, if we go with cotton, cotton's a softer fabric. It's, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's cheaper, way cheaper, but you give up a ton of advantages. If we were to do like hmm, a nylon, cheaper? cotton's typically way cheaper to, Interesting, to do I didn't realize. than a synthetically dyed fabric. like. Huh. Uh, polyester yeah, okay. I know. fascinating right yeah i wouldn't have realized i would have thought mm -hmm. like cotton might be kind of expensive because they make it like seem like it's expensive right like when <laughs> something says like, like percent cotton it's yeah. just a little more sometimes yeah. you know and i i will say this what's been so cool i i took it's a lot of trap. my focus it is a trap it's a ton of that is a huge <laughs> oh flat out God. lie which is you know they sell you on the value of this cotton underwear yeah and then they get you and they're like it's worth 50 dollars more they're on that value proposition mm -hmm. but the actual raw goods for that type of production it's 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 typically way cheaper. Well, I'm not going to be fooled anymore now. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> now you know. Now you know. So anyway, um, ton of discussion, a lot of yeah. iteration, a lot of research, um, yeah. ton of failure. I have made yeah. some horrible shoelaces, man. Like we have done some terrible things to shoes. Like with your partners in India that they brought, sent you or with when India, you were just kind of coming up I with it? When I was experimenting the whole yeah. nine yards, like I tried to do shoelaces out of like this really wild military strength paracord because I thought mm. it was cool. Those were a disaster. They were like... They were too intense. Those had a fad for a minute, that paracord <laughs> it stuff. It did. It did. Yeah. And I tried to Everything tone it down. Everything paracord. Yeah, it was Bracelets. a big deal. And it was about that time, right, where people yep. were like, I'm into the paracord. And that just was not, they like hurt your foot. Like you'd get those things on and they were not budging. Really? So this I has see. a little bit more give than the paracord. It was a lot of, a lot of iteration. Hmm. I could see how the paracord would be instinctual to try though, because it just looks like it would. It looks legit be sturdy shoelace worthy yeah and there's uses for it so i the shoelace space is huge which is really interesting too so when i started i had a lot of debate about where do i want to go is it dress shoes is it sneakers is it i mean athletic wear is its own whole game mm -hmm. i mean boot wear there's so many different That's true. i guess like flat laces and yeah yeah and there's so hmm. many different designs so there's like oval style laces and these are rounds is what they're called i mean it's it's almost a perfect circle they yeah. have a little bit of like and this is another research thing i have a little bit of like an oval shape because it helps with keeping them tight but okay i don't know so we did a lot of research the paracord's great for like work boots you know awesome there but not sure. for dress shoes and I, I landed in the dress shoe space because a lot of the shoelace space right now is saturated with the sneaker game and um, there's so Makes many sense. companies who yeah. do that because of the rise of you know the nikes and all this stuff it's really deal. yeah huge huge amount of market presence i mean there's hmm. companies who are worth hundreds of millions of dollars like in just the shoelaces just part of the it? shoelaces that's all huh. they do is like designer hmm. shoelaces i mean you can google online like shoelaces for sneakers you can go through google for days man but, really yeah i guess i haven't done that because <laughs> i feel like she they're like, Uggs, so yeah, she i feel yeah. like they're like back in the day i remember yeah. getting i like skates and i wanted to get some cool laces for it because i thought yeah. that would be really cool yep i remember going to all the stores there was like nothing. There was zero yeah. options to just buy a lace hanging there on the shelf. Super lame, right? So, is, and I, I think that's why you have so many online now. Yeah. To meet that need. Because yeah. I, I think it's still the same way. Yeah. I mean, if you go to Dillard's right now, or if you go to like Vans, for the most part, you're going to find like really gross cotton laces that yeah. they charge you $25 for. Mm -hmm. Literally. And this weird little like plastic tube. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's why the sneaker game got big. Hmm. I went with the dress shoes though, because it was an unmet need, I thought. Sure. There was no one in that space. So, mm -hmm. and I think that's why we've had a lot of as we entered the market and we're not competing with that huge massive crazy pool and they're like man they will beat you up those sneaker lace the people sneakerheads, they yeah. are wild they will get you they, like they'll be honest and they'll be like yeah and I'm, I'm by that i mean they're really good at what they do like the sneaker it's a very well established industry sure. phenomenal with seo they've been around for a long time but yeah yeah so good hmm. stuff Wow. Wow. So, Lots of history on these. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I'm impressed that you came up with these. Yeah. So, yeah. so how long after college did it take for you to get to like where they are now? Um, I did my official, like my first go with Never Knotted. I, th I want to say was December of 2021. Okay. And we're 2024 now. Oh, it's 2024 now. I know. And research <laughs> and development seriously. took took probably a year and that was that was tough man it's pretty hard i there were a lot of iterations where i was like holy cow this do you have is, all the old ones the failures big old bag did you ever try like extra long shoelaces <laughs> I did. I did. you did i really oh, did no. like super floppy huge <laughs> yeah. ones did that not great and you're like kind of figured it wouldn't work but let's try <laughs> i know i know and people are really particular about their shoelaces so you know we offer a lot of different sizes um and, and part of the reason is because some people like those massive ears 
Um, and some people hmm. like a shorter, yeah. you know, go. So it's super, it's a big customized. My bowling space. shoes have like really long laces and yeah. I feel like such a dork every time I put them on because they're just like <laughs> hanging way over. Yeah, they're weird. I right? really need to get some of these on them. Yeah. Dude, you do. These are rats. That these would are make legit. them look really cool actually. That could help. It's could help. Them up. It'd be, mm -hmm. it'd be awesome. Size. Buy, I'll buy a pair for bowling. You can get into the bowling <laughs> shoes realm too. <laughs> I know. Whole nother yeah. space. Right? That one's got nothing in that, it. No one. No nothing. one's in You can barely find cute bowling shoes. Coming out. We're going to do some bowling shoes. TBD. TBD. Um, but anyway, it, it probably took, it was, it was, you know, never nodded kind of was like done. I, that was cool. I, I made some money on that and you know, that was some seed funding for starting this, which sure. was exciting. But I, I think it was probably, we really started going this last year, 2023. Okay. I'm going to run with like Q4 of 2023 was really good. Yeah. And we'd done a lot of experimenting and design before that. We started probably officially. I'm selling. We did some soft launches. In online? Online. Everything online. I do is online. So okay. no, no storefronts. Sure. I've never done that. I've always been into digital marketing. Yeah. Um, I think retail is awesome. Mad respect for people who can pull that off. But nowadays, but nowadays, e-commerce. You know, and my, my reach is so much greater. Like if I go shut up a shop at a mall, I can mm -hmm. only, you know, attract the For the what you need, it's just different. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's no, a it different need sense. for me. You know, and I, I sell these all over the U.S. I've even done international, which cool. is really cool. Right. So it's been exciting to be able to say I, I can sell these. Literally, I've, I've sold on three continents, which is awesome. Yeah, so, yeah you know, that's, that's exciting. exciting. That's super exciting. So I think for for this product, I really got going in, in Q4 of 2023. But we yeah. had positive sales um, at the end of 2022. Nice. Yeah, which was which was really fun. That's, That's awesome. really exciting. Yeah. So when did it change from the first business to Rabbit Ear? Rabbit Ear was born. Rabbit Ear was born probably six months after Never Nodded. I have to go look at the math now. I want to say Never Nodded wrapped up and shut shop December 2021. I think that was the day. I mean, it makes if it was 2021, 2022, but we were selling at the Did end. Did you of shut that down because you knew you were going to be moving towards this or were you just like, it's enough? Well, dropshipping is really weird. I, I think there's a lot of hype and I kind of got sucked into it with that class with dropshipping where, you know, and there was some hype a couple of years back, really the, the biggest hype of dropshipping, I'd say it was like seven, five years ago, where you could say, you know, there's a Chinese company. I can go be a salesperson for this company, build my own website with my own brand, but be selling their product. Yeah. yeah. The problem with that market space is you're competing on price, which is a terrible place to be in. Mm -hmm. Because one, you're, you're competing against the supplier. You'll never be able to outprice the supplier. Right. And then two, anyone else in their cat can come and no offense to cats. I love those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they're great people. Um, d pets. <laughs> but, well, yeah. well, well, you know, moving on from that. But. <laughs> The problem with dropshipping is is you reach a point where you're you you can attract so many people, but if you get big enough, you start competing with your supplier or you start competing with others who can yeah, do the exact the same, same thing. The same exact doing, item. Right? Yeah. So you're in a marketplace where you just you, you hit like an equilibrium where you can only sell X amount of product at this price and I then see. you're no longer competitive. There's only so many customers you can attract, right? And then it's a matter of like find a race to find the next yeah. best thing and then you're just always like Well, and you get price competitive. So if I have a competitor, I mean let's say there's eight people who find this cool dropshipping niche. You know, mm -hmm. and if, you know, the, 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 the benefit you have as a drop shipper is you're saying I can out market this Chinese firm. I know the American or whatever space I'm in better than they do. Sell it Maybe better. they're not interested. So I, yeah. I can be a better salesperson in this space than they will be. Yeah. So, you know, you get to a point though where let's say there's other people and then to compete with everyone, you just all wind up dropping your prices over and over and over again until you hit this market equilibrium where no one's profitable. Um, and that's what I ran into with never not it is I could scale it to a point, but then yeah. the issue was, is it was no longer sustainable. Um, and then it also just didn't fit the need, you know? So with sure. Never Nodded, it was, I, I the, the Chinese firm, you know, they, they'd done something cool. It was like a fun play stretchy lace and I sold some, but it wasn't exactly what the product or the space needed. So yeah. I shut doors on Never Nodded. And then about six months later, um, eight, let's say eight, probably I had my first round from my Indian friends. Nice. Um, that was and his pretty family. quick. That was super fast. So yeah. it was, they, and we move quickly. So I think there's, there's a lot of misconception too with international sourcing. Um, I, I got on the phone and I just like started cold calling people. Okay. Literally calling. <laughs> literally like mm -hmm. from, I have like a WhatsApp. Yeah. Um, and I just literally be like, you know, I hope you speak English. If you don't, I have Google translate and mm -hmm. I'm going to say what I can, you know, mm -hmm. or we can text and translate back and forth. But I started calling around different people in India and just asking like, you know, Hey, tell me And and these little supply chains are very well connected. They all know each other. I mean, they're really not that many shoelace textile like capable at manufacturers that at that level. Right. Sure. So I started cold calling and I'm like, you know, Hey, I want to create a product that isn't on the market. 
I want to own the rights to this product. Um, this is my idea. Can you help me produce this? And you know, what would it cost? And, and how do we structure this in a way that works for you? And eventually I found someone who I love um, who does an amazing job. I, I just feel like we found with Rabbit Ear just the best craftsman that you can find for this type of product. I, they honestly, truly, that family's been doing it for hundreds of years. The vibrancies and the hues that you pull out of India, they do color unlike anybody else I was able to find in the world. And I looked everywhere. Yeah. I looked in China. I mean, because China had the original shoelaces, and that's always been popular for importing. I looked all over in like, you know, the Middle East. I looked in America. I looked in Canada. No one does yeah. color like India. Mm -hmm. um, and no one does textiles like India. So, I like that. It's smart. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. super smart. It's really smart. You know, I found them. I talked. They move very, very fast. So once you have, you know, enough seed funding and you have an idea of what you want, you know, I made like a brand brief. This is the colors I want. And then I, I pulled in some designers from the Middle East, actually. I love, I love their people. If you want to find some really skilled people, they don't do college over there. They, they do have them, but a lot of their people will go and get like business certificates and hmm. they are excellent at what they do. Um, and I found some color designers from the Middle East. I found some in Europe that you can just like freelance. Um, I pulled them together. Um, I got on with Pantone, and, which is like the color experts people. You know, they, they like paint, if you've hmm. seen them. And they have oh. a design book that they publish every single year um, with all of the trending colors for the upcoming year. Yeah. So I okay. put together this team of designers from all over the world. We pulled in Pantone, which is this amazing research group yeah. that just does all of this color design. Yeah. Um, I talked with my BYU professors about the fabrics. You know, we we designed a product. I said, this is this is what we want. Sent it to India. India ran a ton of different test runs. We tested it with the market. You know, hey, here's some friends. I'm like, yo, bro, put sure. this on your mm -hmm. shoes. Made some changes, how we needed to. Landed at this product. Um, and that whole process was about eight months. So was it hard to have all of those people communicate? Or were oh, you like insane. a middleman? Yeah. Or like, how did that work? <laughs> so That's stressful. so much people. I, I just on, didn't let me see. type this in real quick. <laughs> no, well, it was, and the other kicker is all of those people operate on the other side of the world. Yeah, so, so you're at like the middle of the oh, night. 4, 2 a.m., yeah. man. I like had, you know, little like the office going on my computer, like messages and people on WhatsApp, like, hold on, let me take this conference call. And they were so weirded out. They're like, you know, it's 3 a.m. where you live, right? And I'm like, we got to get this done. I'm hustling. I'm yeah. hustling. We're like, we're on the grind mode. But yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it was, what I did is I, I, I recognize I have skill sets. I love marketing. I love product design. I like to research. Um, I, I'm not a great designer. We learned that in interior design. Um, <laughs> not phenomenal with color. Uh, mm. I, I, for whatever reason, I, and I have some combos where I'm like, I want to have this. And everybody I showed it to was like, Ugh. <laughs> It was like a fun blue, white, and gray lace. Love that thing. But, you know, so I, I would talk to the people, you know, I'd take their input. And I had like a working document. I'd like a brand brief that I'd shared with everybody. Sure. Okay. Um, and so they could collaborate. I'd talk with them. I'd say, okay, this is the direction. All right. I'm done with, you know, um, the Middle East now, Pakistan. I'm going to go to India, you know. And then I'd get on the phone with India. And I'm like, okay, let's talk, you know, design. Will this work for you? Okay, we think this works. All right. Let's go talk to the focus group I just had who, you know, wore 15 laces. Let's hop back to this designer in Europe who's done stuff with shoes and leather for like a hundred years. Let's see what they think of this. Let's have them put in some shoes and see how it looks and send some photos. Let's bring that back to the person in Pakistan who's doing like some of the marketing and design and research. And, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, so it was a lot of what you described facilitating and middleman and yeah. all of that. But that's awesome. Cause you're like in the thick of this market research, like <laughs> yeah. you're really researching. Uh -huh. And that's, I think that's what's really cool about designing your own business and, and the connectivity you have in the world today is you can be upfront and personal with, with everyone every step of the way, mm -hmm. which was really that's done. I, I have a ton of friends, again, I, and this is where I, I just feel so blessed with so many people I know, but I, I leverage, you know, being at BYU, a lot of missionaries, different cultural experience mm -hmm. where you could bring them in and they could sure, do some translation yeah. for you. And then Google Translate, there's some, you know, when I'm like, and you, color is so fascinating because you get down to shades and I mean tones and Seriously. exact hues and I mean RBG and CMYK and how's this value look? Because, you know, you, you do something digitally, but how does that translate to actually sourcing and producing That's that true. color yeah. in India? Yeah. And again, I mean, I feel India's, I, I can't tell you how big of an advantage that was for us just because of the depth and breadth of color capability they have there. So smart. Probably open so your nice. eyes. Oh, it's nuts. Or I did had they had just have like a book or a, a palette so, they sent you with all the... How we did fabrics. is we pulled Pantone. Pantone is, mm -hmm. is like the color people of the world. Um, mm -hmm. That's and, right. and they have codes that are international. So most of the world sure. operates off of a Pantone color code. So I, I can tell somebody in Pakistan, okay, we like this color code that is C-YM4769, right? And then you get mm -hmm. that. And then we can send this to India. And then India, um, they have a team there that I was working with. They would take that to the open market. 
and they would say, okay, well, here are the dyes we can find to produce this color in this way. Cool. Um, and then we would dye that onto the textile because there's, there's a little bit of variance too when you actually see the color online and then you go and you source the color mm -hmm. and the actual raw dye and then you translate that color into a textile. There's variation that occurs there, right? So yeah. we'd look at that and make sure we were right. But a ton of research and development went into, went into the color. Now I'm just even <laughs> yeah, thinking about this. I'm cool. so impressed because these are like wound together then so you had to do like multiple colors yep combine them together yeah. i was shocked when we did the product photos for these just every time we'd pull out a new one to take a photo <laughs> of it was just like what is this it was like almost like colors i hadn't seen before yeah so beautiful yeah. like really bright vibrant colors like you were talking about so like colors fun. you'd see on like animals like <laughs> forest frogs or something just like they like bright and pop like that green one mm -hmm. the green yeah. and red one Oh like yeah, that one. That's a good one. Uh -huh. No, I'm with uh -huh. you. And it was, yeah, exactly what you say. It's, and, and we, you know, inspired by nature, ton of the laces, you know, I, I thought of things that I liked. I love green, huge fan of like islands. I got a brother who loves camo. So, you know, we <laughs> mm -hmm. definitely use nature as inspiration for a lot of those, but yeah. And then, I mean, the packaging is a whole nother game. So yeah, the shoelace is one part. And then the other thing that drove me nuts, we talked about this, was the plastic aglets that yes. you pick at forever. And yes. they're so terrible. So mm -hmm. what's really unique about our shoelace is we, we've we designed a way, and, and this is so fun in the shoelace space, but most shoelace designers cannot find the optimal way to put an aglet, like a metal aglet end cap at mm -hmm. the end of a shoelace where it'll still fit okay. through. Do it. Go to town. To fit through the lace? To still fit through like or a the... men's like shoe okay. hole, like the mm -hmm. little shoe holes in your in your shoes. Yeah. So we, we did some really fun engineering where we were able to compress that down and get the right size where you can still get that metal aglet through most men's dress shoes, if not all. Um, I haven't found one yet that we can't get it through. Mm -hmm. So again, this is where like the measurement where I have my little like Very thing. important. So it's a big deal. Um, so I mean, we, we did that design and then after you do all that, right, there's, there's product and packaging and I wanted this to, to feel different. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want you to be like, okay, I went to Dillard's and here's my dumb plastic packaging with my dumb cotton shoelace. It's so gross. So mm -hmm. we, we went to town with, you know, the spool. Um, and when you go back to textiles and history, how, how yeah. they like, you know, rolled things and stuff like that, yeah. we took inspiration from, I mean, thousands of years ago, what were they doing with twine and what were they doing with yeah. silk and all of that. And we, we went back to that with the cool wood spool and um, we threw our stamp on there and gave it the fun little vintage look. And then I mean, this was a total nightmare. I thought I was so in love with India with the color. I was like, we're going to do India for the packaging. Um, and I, I did some things with India and they, they tried so hard. It just wasn't what we wanted. So after all hmm. of this research and design, you know, and I had actually ordered a ton. We, we were at a point where I was like, okay, you know, I, I'd see the samples, of the packaging. I'm like, I think this is going to work. Um, and, and we brought them to the United States and we had a ton there and we got the packaging and we're like, uh-uh, it's just, this is not going to work like anymore. Not the well, spool, like the spool, something else. Or the so bag. we used to put those in a little like box. So the spools used to come in like a gray rabbit ear laces box. Okay. Um, okay. And, it, you know, it, it just didn't have the feel we wanted to. Everything comes in a box. So we wanted to be different than that. Okay. And then this has a very organic feel. I mean, like, you know, the yeah. color and the Absolutely. metal and the wood. It just feels nice. Yeah, it feels mm -hmm. nice, yeah. right? You open uh -huh. that and you're like, hot dog, this is some good stuff. Yeah. I don't think I ever thought about like taking care of my shoelaces before <laughs> more than I ever would have if they were on rolls like that like yeah. on spools you know it's I like it yeah. it's, it's wild and that was that was some of the feedback we got from customers was you know I have my shoelace and it's such a bougie nice lace yeah, like, I love this bad boy like I could see having a row of those like propped up somewhere in the room where it's yeah. like easy and convenient to just choose and yep I've never once thought about changing my shoelaces <laughs> to fit an outfit, but like. Right. And it's a big deal. No, it's cool. It's rad. Yeah. So, you know, we went back and, and I actually, this is where I did go to China. Um, the packaging. You went? So I went by when, I suppose I mean contact. And this okay. is what's cool about the little bit is with all the technology we have, I can like be there virtually. I have like, Just you had know, to clarify. The yeah. cute little, got on a flight. I got you. I follow. I have like the 4K display. In China, I, when you work with these people, the families have been doing this for generations. They do such a good job. So, I mean, I toured the factory where the shoelaces were produced. I went to the markets with like my contacts in India, like via, you know, sure. Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, That's so cool though. Super rad. But yeah. I found a family in China who's been producing like, jute and burlap bags and velvet like they work with those natural fibers again for centuries like it's all they've done for hundreds of years so i went to them and everything that you see with the packaging is handmade so originally we had you know done cool. like machine process like the cardboard boxes and it just wasn't working so yeah we went and we found again artisan designers somewhere in the world Love who it. specialize in a craft and mm -hmm. we took our shoelaces with the color and the spool from india which is they do amazing there we found the best packagers on the planet we could find um, and then we, we put this all together into a product that's just awesome. <laughs> so how does it work once you get all of the pieces? 
So how, did you assemble it or who assembled all this? What happened? Great question. Um, <laughs> great question. So I originally, I was like, we're going to bootstrap this because I'm the poor college kid. Yeah. Um, and I only have so much seed funding, you know, and I did some other things to raise some capital, but I, I was going to spool them all myself. And I yeah. said, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> it takes so up a bad. lot of time. Oh, so bad, bad of a job you might've done. <laughs> oh, I would have been a disaster. So yeah. bad. <laughs> I tried too, and they did not look good. But so, um, they come spooled from India. We, we, oh, what we wow. do is our, our production team there, they source the dyes, they do all the dyeing, they do the color, they do the, the production of the actual lace. We do the metal end caps in India because, because they are masters of textile. They know what they're doing with textile. And we say, we're going to have the textile people wind the textiles that makes okay. sense you know it makes sense right so they do all the winding for that they ship those to us and they put the anglets on while you're there yep they put little little metal end caps on uh -huh. there so you know it's perfect because it, that's a whole process yeah, in of itself that's a big thing. to make sure the, the diameter is correct where you, you can have get the name rabbit ears stamped on there too so that's like <laughs> another specialty thing probably right like, yeah so all of those aglets are laser engraved and we we experimented with this too so there's so many different designs you can do with metal um you can like press the metal and i think you saw a prototype of that when we did our original photo where it was stamped on there. I think that's what I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah. We've mixed it up. So we got some feedback. When you compress that metal, it warps the shape of that aglet. So hmm. now you get such all a thin the things, metal. Yeah. Right. And, and, and it changes the diameter. Sure. So then you can't get the stinking thing into the shoe hole. So uh -huh. we had to go back to the drawing board. And this is actually where these shoelaces move around in India. So they go from a color team yeah. with the dyes and fabrics. And then they move from that team. They yeah. go to a metal team who designs the aglets. Um, wow. And then those two teams work together to make sure that the diameter is right on the actual shoelace. So the end of is perfect. Look at you, man. I know. Wild. I'm like so impressed. It, right? They go <laughs> to another team in India. Um, and this is just a group who specializes in wood, right? Um, okay. And we, they pick up, you know, the spools. Uh -huh. We go to a fourth team who does the stamping. So these are all different people. Wow. Then we go back to the original textile people who do the, the dye and the, the weaving. And then they spool. Um, and they ship to us and then we get them here. And then I have all of this shipped in from our wonderful friends in China who hand make all of their packaging. Um, and then we put it all together for a final product. Wow. So you just do the actual putting things in the bag. Yeah. And, and that's shipping super it. cheap. Yeah. Like I have like a huge massive wall of shelves I bought at Home Depot uh -huh. and there's like a space for bags. <laughs> sure. So you have your little system. Yeah. So you go, you know, like someone orders and I'm like, you know, I do yeah. like a little happy dance, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. someone likes product and we, we go grab a bag and we grab a shoelace and we put it together and I love that. ship it out. Wow. Okay. I'm just so impressed Seriously. because we've talked about, we're like, it'd be so cool to make a product and do these yeah. things. But then you look into it. It's a thousand steps. <laughs> so You're like the perfect example of using everyone around you yeah. to do you it. Up and yep. And, and you can't do it anymore. I, I think there's there's a huge misconception of entrepreneurship that you have to do it alone. You know, that yeah. bootstrapping means you're completely alone. And that's so far from the truth that there are so many resources in the world at, at really affordable price points. I mean, you can talk with excellent designers if you're open to it overseas, even in the U.S. Like I can go call up, you know, a college somewhere on the planet and be like, hey, do you have somebody who's learning about design who's, you know, close to the end of their degree who wants to go? take on a fun little side gig, right? So you can really, you know, be a little innovative there and find some experts. But I, I think you have to. When you look at the majority of the patents that are being filed right now in America, it used to be that it was sole inventors, right? There was mm -hmm. one person on those patent names. Okay. The new standard, the vast majority of patents are multi-collaborative. So hmm. you, you either get a firm who's paid a team of people to develop and it's their name, or you get multiple people listed on that new thing. Um, and I think that's that's kind of where the world's heading. We're, we're, we're getting so good at product design that the next step innovation is taking the best of the best from multiple places and putting all their talents together to make something amazing and new. Yeah. yeah. That's a really interesting strategy yeah. of calling up the schools and like just finding those people who would be interested in that topic. Yeah. Like, and again, I did it at BYU. And I, I think honestly, and, and you find the right people, people who love what they do will talk to you just because they love what they do. So sure. I mean, if you go find, I mean, I got on Google Scholar and I, I, I expanded beyond BYU too. And I just looked up textile papers, right? Or like polyester fibers or things like that. And you see all these academics who devoted their whole life to studying this one thing. Hmm. And you can call them and you can say, hey, I'm working on this project. I just want, I'm a, you know, and I, I pulled the student card. I'm like a young, dumb kid. And I'm like, <laughs> and I am, I sure. still am. I need help We're from all people. learning. We're all learning. And I'm like, you know, hey, I, I'm just interested in, 
if you have five minutes, what your take is on this. And you can, you can access experts, which is so cool. And you can call, I mean, shoelaces is one thing, but I mean, I've done, I've done all kinds of different things. The first thing I first did was like battle bows. They were like these bow and arrows that have like these really cool marshmallows at the end. So you can shoot people with them. <laughs> uh-huh. They're rad, but mm-hmm. you know, you can call people who build stuff like that or plastics or archery people. And you can just say, Hey, five minutes, I have some questions for you. And if they love what they do, that's, that's my, that's my cue for, I've found the right person. Someone who will talk to you just because they love what they do. That's how you, that's how you find someone who's worth working with. I like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then when you find those people and you build something with them, there, there's nothing like this on the market. I feel like I can say with absolute confidence, we have created a product that you won't find anywhere else. The quality is unmatched. It is truly a one of a kind, unique, amazing product um, with the best of the best, the hands of the best of the best on this. Um, when you when you make something like that, all of a sudden I moved away from the dropship market space, which is competition on price, into value, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're in a place where you're competing on value, you, I mean, the world is limitless, yeah. right? Um, pricing changes, the way you think about marketing, the way you think about, I mean, everything from you the You can control out. the conversation so much yeah. easier because they can't just way keep more. coming back to price. Yeah, way more. It's about value. No, I love that. It's yeah. about what is it worth to you to completely transform the way you look. And mm-hmm. um, what is it worth to you to wear a product that that just, I mean, it takes your shoes from a zero out of 10 with the nasty dock boob shoelaces mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. a 10 out of 10 that, that's been touched by artisans around the planet, right? What is that worth? Mm-hmm. And, and that that is a fun conversation to have. That is really cool. Yeah. So I guess going into that, what has been your marketing <laughs> campaign with this? What have you been doing? So yeah. what's been really cool about the shoelaces is and, and again, I'm, I like to play in the fringe. So I'm all about find markets that haven't been tapped into yet and work with people who, who have a need that hasn't been met. When you show this to the right customer, you, it sells itself, right? Sure. Um, and, and the conversation mm-hmm. isn't what it's cost. It's I want to give you money to have this. Yeah. Well, and even your <laughs> yeah. cost is not like it's competitive. Oh, super competitive. So we were really on the board there too. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that also. I know. Probably <laughs> it's, it's a big deal. But marketing for me, we've done a lot of different things. Um, what I found to be the most successful is I, I'm really big with ROAS. So when I spend marketing dollars, you can go wrong fast. I'm about return on ad spend. Um, and the formula I have for that is what do I put my money into that's going to give me the biggest reach um, with the most engagement for that reach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so some niches that I've found that have worked well for me is LDS Living. Um, we just did a ton of stuff with them. I was in their emails. I just, I'm in LDS living this there month, you, go. you know, right. For January, yeah. February. Um, I did some stuff with their website design. So we partnered with them. We did some cool collaborations. Okay. Is that like, it's like a website or like a magazine. And- LDS living is a brand. So okay. it's, they have a website, which is like blogs and posts. Okay. They have an email subscriber list. Um, and they have X amount of subscribers. I don't remember the exact number. I'd have to look at the stats. And then they have a magazine that they publish every yeah. year. Is that local to IF? So in the area? international. They oh, okay. target, um, they target, um, that's awesome. I know, right? Yeah, it's super great. cool. Yeah. It's super rad, but they target Christian families who identify like the church of Jesus Christ thing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there's lots of people who identify with our shoelaces and our product, but mm-hmm. we found a really cool niche with the missionary. Cause that's sure. kind of what yeah. inspired for me. Right. Yeah. Sure. So makes sense. getting in with them, I can reach a ton of the people who I know are identifying with my product quickly. Yeah, no, that's so smart. You don't have to do you know? spend a bunch of education dollars yeah. to teach them why it's important. To teach them why it's important. They already identify show, this product. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of where marketing's going. We got a huge shakeup with iOS 14. So it used to be we had all this data on consumers and you could go to Facebook and you could pay Facebook or Google or whoever X amount of dollars and they they knew everything about you. Um, they knew you, I mean, down to your dog's hair shampoo type. Someone right? could go and like buy that information or find information. Well, their algorithms would use that and leverage that data they'd collected to put your product in front of the best people. So okay. I could go on Facebook and I could put in there, okay, I'm interested in targeting people in Utah, Idaho, wherever else, right? Who have an affinity for these types of things, et cetera. iOS 14 came out and that's where Apple said we're no longer tracking. Hmm. Um, and they, so, so the Apple's basically blocking platforms from like that, from collecting your data. Um, and they've done some unique things to get around that. So they're way better than they used to be. Um, they're still not back to, I feel like where they were. And this is a huge debate in the marketing space, but the problem you have is you spend a ton of advertising dollars and you put it in front of a ton of people and, and you're not confident that those people are going to match your mm-hmm. consumer type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I focus on, like with Elias Living is finding, it's called pocket theory. It's kind of like the, the colloquial term for it. It's finding pockets of people in advertisement groups where I can filter without the algorithm, without the data. Um, where, where they voluntarily filtered themselves into a consumer profile. So if I'm subscribed to LDS Living, I know they identify with that content. 
chances are statistically they'll identify with mine. Influencers are great for this too. Sure. So I've done a ton of work with like, you know, I mean, there's like shoe salesmen <laughs> out in the world. Okay. They have TikToks and Instagrams where they just like talk about shoes they're selling. Yeah. Uh -huh. I know people who are selling men's dress shoes, people who subscribe to that content. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to be into this. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I can find someone like that. And then it's just a matter of mathematical discussion. I say, okay, you, your posts are reaching on average 8,000 people. Um, of the 8,000 people, you know, 7% of them are engaging. So they're liking, they're hearting, they're subscribing, they're whatever. Yeah. If we assume that we can drive X amount of percent of those people to a purchase, um, here's my, here's my profit. Here's what I can afford to pay you. I'm really transparent. Um, and we see if we can make something happen. And I've I had like a lot that. of success with that. Um, and then word of mouth has been huge for us too. Just organic reach where, you know, grandma sees this in a magazine and mm -hmm. her grandson buys it. And then all of his kids see it, like his homies see it, you know, when yeah. he goes to the debate tournament or mm -hmm. church or whatever. And then he steps like, on stage Whoa. and they're like, oh, look at that they're guy. They're like, wow, <laughs> man, you're looking good. Mm -hmm. Or the cute mm -hmm. girl's like, you know, my cute boyfriend has like these rad shoelaces, man. Like he's I really looking he has good. has four of those shoelaces. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, they're like, man, I should get my boys some of those shoelaces. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it, it's, it's really cool how that how that develops and then the other thing is you can talk and, and have interactions with people i've had a lot of success with marketing where you know whenever you buy shoelaces from us we try and we, we write like a thank you note on the on the packaging cute we're okay. like hey thank you so much for supporting you know, yeah. our local family-owned idaho business mm -hmm. um, and artisans from around the world who are all family-owned businesses i mean mm -hmm. we only work with families who've been doing it right so we are family-owned from manufacturing to i mean the sales side everybody's family so you know you write that and then it's so fascinating the shoelace game is so wild but i'll put those like on things and i'll get emails back where people will get on the website find my email and send me like these unbelievable like heartfelt like these shoelaces are so cool. Oh. I'm so happy like that you yeah. did the design. Here's a photo of me with like my new Brooks and these rad shoelaces in mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you email back, you're like, I freaking love you. <laughs> yeah. You're awesome. Like you just made my you week. You made my week. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. they're like, oh, but you made my week. You know, so that type of relationship with the customer, um, we've leveraged those a ton to expand, you know, because then it's just, bro, you should look at this cool brand, man. Like, uh -huh. I just emailed this guy. I know him. He, so we, we've had a lot of success with that too. That's really important. I was actually talking to Dan about yeah. it the other day with like when people reach out to a business or brand, yeah. how important it is to get that response and yeah. like mm -hmm. acknowledging it. Yep. It's so important. So that's really cool. And you have a huge advantage. I Even think if you are a bigger company, oh, yeah. like find ways, find hire ways. someone does, to do it. Just like, like it. Say thank you. So that's all it is. Yeah. 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 And I think there's a huge advantage because you'll, you'll buy this before you'll go to Dillard's because Dillard's, you don't have that experience. Right. Mm -hmm. No. When you when you come to Rabbit Ear, I mean, and you get the and any small business like that, and you get that interaction, huge value. So I'm with you 100. You don't realize. No. Like I feel like the average consumer doesn't realize the difference yet between like the Dillards yep. and a smaller guy and how much it truly matters to yeah. a smaller guy. Like you're making someone's yeah. week versus like it's just a drop in the bucket for Dillards. You know. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Yeah. Especially after hearing how much thought went into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have, yeah. You, yeah. have you done like collaborations yet with anyone? We've done, so Elias Living was one of my favorites. We uh -huh. have a ton on the books. So influencer marketing is is a new one I, I want to do right. Um, and we've we've done collaborations. So we've done this stuff with Elias Living. We've done this stuff with a few like shoe salesmen people on like TikTok and stuff like that. Um, we have more on the books. I just did some stuff with our local artists, actually. So like singers, cool. <laughs> which is so random just because I'm here or here. I've done stuff here in Idaho um, and then I've done stuff in Utah. Okay. Um, so I guess here is, you know, the West, yeah, no, yeah. Mm -hmm. but just like some local aspiring artists. And I, I want to work with people where you can get to directly. I, I influence the market. You can go wrong so fast, especially when you get those intermediary, like media manager people. Mm -hmm. That's pretty rough sometimes too. But I, I got some stuff going. Um, we're working on some like final agreements right now, but the, the goals are going to like start singing songs about the shoelaces as Cute. some rad like content. Oh, ideas, I guess. Okay. Just like little jingles out yeah. there. Um, I'm working on collaboration with an author, which is really exciting. So hmm. the, her, her book has like some shoelace components, if you can <laughs> believe it or not. Um, so she's going to like mention rabbit ear in there. Well, we're, we're going to do Maybe. some fun stuff. What's cool about Instagram content and TikTok content now is as a brand, I can get on there and I can speak back and forth. So so you can engage. It used to be where influencer content, you pay someone and they just, you know, here's my product, yada, yada, yada. That doesn't perform well. I think the more engaging content, you want the content to be engaging and disruptive is where there's like discussion. Like it's, it's fun to watch. So I can get on there and I can like shout out an artist and be like, bro, so-and-so is going to go and like do this cool song, like watch this. And he can like hype up the drop with his people. And then you start following each other's people. 
right? Because they watch this interaction. Sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge benefit as a brand too, because you're attracting customers to like an organic marketplace you own. So yeah. when you pay to acquire a customer from an influencer, right? All of a sudden you're you're getting a lifetime value of that customer because they're now following or subscribing to whatever you have. And that's sure. a big push for us too. Mm -hmm. We've worked really Versus hard Versus being on like email. a free giveaway. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're gone, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and we've done a ton of that with like email marketing, which has been fun where, you know, it's all about how do we retain someone? You, you go through all the effort of getting someone to interact with your brand. How do you keep them? Sure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, collaborating in that way where it's, it's not scripted, but where it's, it's back and forth, it's more than just a post and that takes more time to do, which is why a yeah. few of these, we're working out some details, but you'll see a ton of cool content come out next month. I'll send you some links. Yeah, cool. send us some. Um, but where you collaborate back and forth and it's, it's more of a, a longevity and an engagement and a cooperation between two brands. Mm -hmm. um, the cost goes down because you're both gaining something. You know, I'm like, I'm, you're going to get my followers because we're talking to each other and they're mm -hmm. going to identify with you. I'm going to get your followers. Sure. Um, you know, you're producing content that's going to boost your, you know, whatever. Right. So working in that way, I've had a lot of success with. I feel yeah. Like, no, if that, that makes, makes sense. sense. No, that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a great idea. The partnership yeah. kind of, so it's authentic. Yeah, so it's authentic and it's more interactive. And then you can interact with like the customers too. So the big thing that we've been doing right now is we're filming a lot of the, you know, someone orders shoelaces and it'll come up on our screen and all that. And we'll mm -hmm. be like, well, I see your order, you know, yeah. and we'll package it. And then you can tag them like on TikTok. Or That's big on TikTok right oh, now. Like huge. The, the boxing. Yeah. And like, I love that. You uh -huh. And it's so personable. And when you order something, that whole experience, like yeah. where there's content about you, you're Seeing like, them Whoa. like telling you they're shipping your product out. Right? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. And That's then you true. can, you can nice blend all of that into influencer marketing too, right? So, I mean, I just worked with ours. One, one thing you're seeing, I'm surprised, but they're singing a song about somebody who orders something, mm -hmm. you know, right? So okay. all of a sudden there's a whole content about your order and they have to opt in. Like we don't just go, you know, mess with people, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, you're viral on TikTok yeah, now, man, right? right? But anyway, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it yeah. or not. So anyway, fun stuff like that. Yeah. Influencer marketing was fun. That's really cool. Okay. Yeah. I want to talk about your pricing now too. Okay. Go to town. What, how did you decide on that? So I, again, I, I came from the entrepreneurship background at BYU. Um, the best classes I took there were on product pricing. So Interesting. demand best ones, hand down specific uh, class on just product pricing. I took a 400 level class on how to price products. Um, awesome. Wow. Educate I us. I know wild, Please. right? The whole thing. But I, and I, there's a math to this. I, I really feel strongly about that. And there's a math, um, and there's a process. So to the process. Yeah. Pricing a product, you want to get away from the price competitive space. Um, that's that's my personal belief. There's you, there's math where you can succeed there. Walmart and Target are an example, right? Where they compete on price all day long. And part of the way yeah. that they've done that is they price match each other, right? And there's <laughs> a whole discussion on mm -hmm. why that exists, you know, and you have like a demand curve. So, and a supply, right? So you have like the demand and you have the supply. Um, Walmart and Target have very strategically priced products where both of them make money, but they're both competitive with each other, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. The problem with that marketplace is eventually what happens is product price just gets driven down to either where you have to be doing such volume yeah. to be competitive with your competitors. Um, and it's just, it's so hard for a small business to operate in that way. So yeah. Yeah, we can't operate that never way. Less. Small business. Never less. So mm -hmm. I'm an advocate of operating in a value competitive marketplace, which is you are selling value. Your proposition is value. Your value is, is not price. I like that. It is what does your product do or provide someone? Mm -hmm. Um, and then what is that worth to someone? So before rabbit ear ever, even, I mean, we ever went live, um, we had a lot of confidence we were to be profitable because I took this product, um, in multiple iterations and I went to, I mean, hundreds of people and I started recording, okay, how many of these products would you buy and at what price point? So if this was listed at $5, how many would you buy? And we would take that data stat down. And if this was listed at sure. $100, how many would you buy? And, and this is, it's different between, I'm getting wild here, but between like a durable and a non-durable good. So a durable good is something that somebody purchases once. Think mm -hmm. like a car. Right. Mm -hmm. um, they're not going to purchase multiple. It's going to last them for a long, long time. It's yeah. a durable good. You acquire that customer once and they're done. A non-durable good is like a toothbrush, um, which is you're going to purchase over and over. And you have a consistent need. And we like to think of the shoelaces like that, that their designs are changing. Shoes are changing. Sure. You're going to want multiple. Yeah. So recorded all that data with tons of different people. Um, and we sold them on the value. So they got like a marketing pitch. You know, this is, I mean, they're, they're tailored in the color capital of the world. Mm -hmm. No one does color like India. They are amazing there. The you gave them that pitch before asking these questions. Yep. So I'm explaining the value. Okay. Um, I say, you know, it's like our marketing would, right. And um, we talk about the tensile strength. We talk about the packaging, the way that they're spooled, just all the hands that have such. I said, so here's the product. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what's your price? Record all the data. And then I plot that on a graph. <laughs> 
Um, and then it, it, you know, I, I run a very simple math, which is, you know, if, if a hundred people and you, you kind of guess at your total addressable market, right? Mm-hmm. How many people do you think you can market to, right? If a hundred people bought this, bought X amount of product at $5, you know, what is, what does that number turn out to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if 20 people bought X amount of product at $14, what does that turn out to? Um, you, you find that, that point on the graph where you have the most profit. Um, and that's where you price. And then you take that number and you check it with your fixed and variable costs. So I knew with a ton of confidence going in, okay, what is, what is my production cost going to be? Yeah. Um, what is my shipping cost going to be? Mm-hmm. What, and there's always hidden costs you don't know about. You're right. like, shocker, mm-hmm. you get your little packaging here and you're like, that ain't going to work. We're back. I mean, it was, we're take a big bullet there or uh-huh. I don't know, like surprise, your computer you were using and your printer lit on fire yesterday yep. or your kids spill Heinz chocolate sauce mm-hmm. over an entire box of shoelaces as best as you can, right? You figure yeah. out what is your cost and then yeah. you, you, you can project profitability based on that. So my pricing is going to hundreds of people. What would you buy? How many of this would you buy at what price point? Recording all the data, um, finding that place where, you know, I'm the most competitive. And what's interesting about value brands is for Walmart and Target, they're interested in selling the most. Um, for rabbit laces and other brands like this, we're interested in selling at the right price point. So higher up on that demand curve, right? Mm-hmm. Cause plenty of people would buy them at $2, but sure. less sure. people like who is it the most valuable to mm-hmm. yeah. leveraging that consumer base. Mm-hmm. And then we take that person, we say, okay, well, these are the people who identified with this number. Let's build a, a customer profile for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's market to that group. Mm-hmm. If, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Did you find that your customer profile was pretty like all over the board because for shoelaces it seems like it could be you know and it can't and you can expand right like uh-huh. there you can look and, and there's a demand curve right so you know you can say this customer group is willing to pay 14.99 and then you can say okay well i'm capturing all of them you know can you expand and somehow convince the people who are willing to pay 10 you know there's there's a lot of discussion yeah. that's a whole sure. marketing game but mm-hmm. for yeah. mine i i found that there was there was some consistent data points so um surprisingly or not i sell a ton of these to women who are like there's no good gifts for men um, yeah. I'm sick of buying men meat sticks, you know, <laughs> right? I'm so sick of it. So we sell a ton to women who are looking for good gifts for their sons, their yeah. husbands, no, I love their that. guy friends, their life. Yeah. Um, and they are willing to pay like the value of that to surprise their, their like guy friend yeah. to be like, guess what, man? It's not a meat stick <laughs> or socks. It's shoelaces. <laughs> no, and nice it. shoelaces. <laughs> nice. Bougie, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's huge value for that. And um, we sell a ton to male young professionals Yeah. Um, in really specific niches. So speech pathologists, if you can believe it or yeah. not, love these i don't know what it is about speech pathology they're all into them i, I see it so weird right okay. i mean but who would have guessed um, but you know you can look at the data and you can build a consumer group i sell tons of these to that that crew and that that type of that type of professional who's working with people who's like in an office all day uh-huh. um, and is, is you know in that that space is expected to wear more professional wear right it's like yeah. a way maybe you can have a little bit of fun with your outfit yeah and that's so valuable to them right where yeah. or, or maybe they're used to the shoelace thing where you know like their their clients come in and they've spent so much time to attract them and they're like wow man your shoelaces are in the dog poop shoelace right? <laughs> yeah i can see you've stepped in a puddle do you need help uh-huh. tying your shoelace mm-hmm. right do you need um, <laughs> so there's like that component and then they also identify with the I, I want to have fun. Like these shoelaces, they spiff your life up, dude. Mm-hmm. You put these on and you're a whole new person, man. So like you, people walk in, they're like, wow, like, you're a cool dude, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that value for them, that interaction is worth way more. Sure. You know? Even the way you talk about them right now makes me want to buy a pair. Bro, because they do. They do. I, I, when I put these on, it's like I, the experience is so legit. Like you walk into like buildings and people are like, hmm. Look at you. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. I got the cool shoelaces. Like, it's not just a basic white or black shoelace. No. We've got some color and dimension oh, yeah. here. Yeah. We're classing it up. So Okay, so where black. is the future <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of rabbit ear laces for you? What yeah. do we see happening in the future? Rabbit ear laces, <laughs> that's a great question. We, we're having a ton of success in the dress shoe space. Yeah. Um, I've, I'm always hesitant, and I'm young and dumb still, and I'm learning, mm-hmm. but it what what I've noticed in the shoelace space is you can really pollute a catalog really, really fast. Um, so I, I am, I'm a big advocate. We want to be the best at what we do in the dress shoe space. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's been really exciting for us to walk in there and dominate. So, and Good we want to keep, and, you know, and it, it's solving a problem for people. Right? Yeah. So we want to, we want to be experts at that. So you're going to see um, over this next year, some really fun collaborations come out. 
we've talked about that. Mm -hmm. um, we're really excited about marketing. We really feel like we have a phenomenal grip on influencer marketing and we're going to go in and we crush it. And, and that's, cool. I'm excited to see it all. I know. And that's part of kind of what I've, we, we've been really, really slow with that component of our growth. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like people do it wrong. So often I've heard horror stories where you go spend, you know, $11,000 on some influencer. On like one person's right? post. And it's, it's no oh bueno. Gosh. So yeah. we've been really, really meticulous about identifying the right partners with the right groups that match our demographics. I mean, I've like gone through, we, we our team has looked at, I mean, their followers, who they are, you know, what, what that consumer looks like. Sure. So we're excited about that. And you're yeah. gonna see really, really fun content come out there. Um, there's some new drops coming, which we're really excited about. We, we always innovate and get feedback from our customers. So I think part of the creative process I mean, I'm so bad with, with everything with creative. I'm like, this looks great. This is fun. People are like, no, man. But we, we're big on the Talk to your team. <laughs> yeah, talk to your team. But, yeah. <laughs> and talk to your people who buy the product. We, we've gotten a lot of feedback about how this can be improved even more. Um, and we're working with, with our team right now um, to bring some really, really cool stuff. You'll probably see those maybe in time for Christmas. We'll see how things go, <laughs> what, the, what the vibe is, but if not next year. I'd be really curious to see what people's feedback is. You know, um, they love them. They seriously love them. They love them so much. The the feedback we but have on is like changes. on changes. They yeah. they want more. Um, yeah. So they want a shoelace that is functional for every kind of shoe. <laughs> I so, see. So I not, see just can, shoe not just a dress shoe. So yeah. you can mm -hmm. you can pull this from a dress shoe into a sneaker, like your sneakers you're wearing, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. Or you can pull this from a dress shoe into a you know like an athletic shoe. Um, so, so kind of what's coming is we're taking the feedback as to, and, and all those different types of shoes take a different type of shoelace. So, you know, athletic shoes typically mm. have a more elastic shoelace, um, with that really, really, you'll see them like kind of flat oval shape Yeah, because okay. you want yeah. some give when you're like on a tennis court or something, you don't want your foot. I mean, if you jump up, you want your foot to be able to kind of come out of that shoe yeah. sure. and give you that momentum. Um, so there's a um, hundred different things, right? But we're working right now with our partners to, to still, be in the dress shoe space, but take a shoelace that works for dress shoes, but is workable and has the same functionality into an athletic shoe, into a, you know, other types of. That's got to be really product. tough. Super hard. Super hard. Because we athletic shoes and all that. Yeah. Bigger laces, bigger holes. Bigger. And like, yep. So many different factors. So we're working with some really cool fabrics. Um, again, genius people who, mm -hmm. who are helping our team here design a shoelace that we think will be able to meet needs at that level, yeah. mm -hmm. which is going to be like, wow. So we are pumped. Um, and the other thing, I, I guess, sneak peek, one that, that is just such a unique lace. I don't think they'll ever be cross compatible, but, um, I, I've done a ton of work with the fishing and the hunting group. Okay. Their shoelaces are really sad. Mm -hmm. really I'm sure. Really sad. And we've found some similarities to people who buy our shoelaces. Be the same as like a work boot. Different. Type, and I, different. that's what I thought. I thought the need would be very similar to a work group, but, but the purpose and function is different. So if I'm in the river in Idaho, right, in my Sims waders, that shoelace has an entirely different set of needs than someone who's working like in construction, right? Hmm. Um, and it's been fascinating to hear how, what, what we'll get is people will love the shoelace so much and we'll get emails and they're like, I wish you could solve this problem for this task. Um, so we're working on cross-compatible shoelaces and then you're going to see some really cool stuff come out hopefully assuming things go well and this is entrepreneurship mm -hmm. right we're, we're, we all it's, see. A, it's a dance we're mm -hmm. a see i don't know we might get some heinz ketchup sauce spilled on the equipment and have to push things back but mm -hmm. you'll see some really cool stuff come out for for that market space which is the the outdoorsman the hunting the fishing yeah. making a lace that is just going to kick the butt of all the other laces mm -hmm. and that's been a really fun project and we're pretty close on that one that's, a, that's exciting that's really smart <laughs> that's exciting so like you'll see some making new things and yeah getting patents that's awesome we're, we're careful to not over expand our catalog i i don't want this to be a and that's what you see in the marketplace yeah. right now like you log on you look at shoelace i mean it is like it makes you sick and that's feedback we got too so when i went in i asked people because the original hmm. Rabbit laces, like when I when I was designing in India, I had prototypes for almost every stinking shoe type on the planet. Athletic oh. laces, flats, sneakers, I mean a whole kicking caboodle. Yeah. And and we got feedback that was pretty clear, which is it's so hard to find what you want to feel an identity with a brand when the products are so polluted. And when we, we took sense. a focus group in and we put them on some of the websites of who we thought were our competitors. Yeah. Um, they're not. We're in a different space than they are. But and, and there was a ton of complaints about the size of that. So we're, we're cautious to make sure that when we design products that we are still, we, we have our demographic, we love them, and we want to appeal to them. No, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good point. I know. Well, this has been so I, much really good information. Yeah. I'm sure anyone <laughs> listening will be super inspired. I know I am. Just that 
yeah, things that you might have seen as walls before. Yeah. Like they're not. They're, there's ways around it. There are there are solutions to problems. And I think that for me, the biggest mm-hmm. lesson I've learned with with this type of stuff is the the victors belong to the people who don't quit. Um, I, I think part of this process is failure. I've lost a ton of money. Um, I've made a ton of money. I've made some terrible shoelaces. I've made some awesome shoelaces. And uh-huh. I, I think you have to put aside the instant I want to be successful right now and be open to iterative change. Um, and, and if you just keep moving and moving and moving and moving, you, for me, I, I've always gotten there. Um, you, you're going to fail. That's part of the process, but just don't quit. I think mm-hmm. that's the, the magic sauce for me anyway. That's great. Yeah. I love it. I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. Good advice. Cool. Any other last closing advice? I feel like you already did it for me. Yeah. Great advice there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Perseverance. Because that's the biggest thing is people yeah. stop at that first yep. roadblock and then it doesn't go anywhere from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think having an end vision too seems like really helpful for you. Like this whole time, it seems like you kind of knew what you wanted and just get, getting to that point. Yeah. It's like the challenge. I would say too, I, don't be scared of not knowing. I think that's part of the adventure too. I, I, when I say I knew what I wanted, I knew that I had a pain and I knew that a pain was out there with the shoelaces. I, I have, I'm still not hundred percent sure. I, I know we're, we're not perfect yet, right? We're dang good. I mean, those are some <laughs> wild laces, man. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. best you're going to find, but mm-hmm. there's, there's always, you know, change in process for improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't be scared of that either. Don't be scared to change directions. I feel like a big mistake a lot of people make is they get so set on, this is how this should be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned very quickly I cannot pick out colors. We are going to look at the experts and they kick butt. Mm -hmm. When you go to the people who've been doing it for hundreds of years, Uh they are awesome. Mm -hmm. So I feel for, for, I don't know, one one last piece of advice I guess I would give is never give up, but then don't be afraid to fail and change. You know, uh, we went from never nodded to, to a product that is very clearly not. <laughs> and I thought, I, yeah. I thought that's what I was selling, bro. I'm like, never tie your shoelaces, man. And they're like, yeah, we bought these because the colors are fun. <laughs> right? Everyone was just buying yeah. the shoelaces and clipping off the and little. Clipping off the little, yeah. They're like, parts. look at my fun yeah. red shoelace, guys. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think that's important too, is being open to, to adaptation and change and then never quitting. And you guys are rad too. Thank you. I, and I, I don't know if you guys know, Daniel took my photography here and I will say this, I iterated there. I took, I tried myself. I'm also not great at photography. It's so bad. Um, and then Product I, photos are tough. They're so hard. That is like a skill set, bro. And then I, mm-hmm. I went to some other people. I think I told you this. And I, I, you, this man, you guys have the value here. Thank you. I came to you because the quality I got compared to anybody else I went to and what I looked at, I, you were worth it. Thank you. Every dime. So you. props Thank to you. you. We props put our podcast. hearts and efforts into it. You oh, know, like it's your yeah. product, but like. It's our reputation mm-hmm. too. We got to yeah. make that look good. Oh, and it looks good. <laughs> Rabbityourlaces.com. Check it out. Yeah. Rad oh. product. Yeah. Where else can, is that where you're mainly at? Rabbityourlaces.com. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Rabbityourlaces. Um, we're running a really cool discount right now. So if you buy three laces or more, you get 15% off your whole nice. purchase. Free shipping. Wow. Plus we're sending it to you in this super bougie velvet bag. Cute. Which is like Very rad. Nice. I like so that. So nice. Yeah. Super cute. So All nice. handmade. All handmade. Yeah. All handmade by artisans who've been doing it forever, man. This is like, you will not not find get rid of the meat sticks people get your guy something that's cool mm-hmm. spiff your life up stand on style for shoes man Grab your laces no i love it yeah, they're really good. cute well thank you so much yeah, for coming yeah. on thank our podcast guys. today You're seriously awesome. i feel like my mind has been opened up with like so many more <laughs> things that i never knew of in the well i've wanted to yeah. know i'm guessing and like filling in the pieces in my head yep and now i i'm a that. little bit yeah. more well, educated yeah, and a, a little, little bit, bit more, more confused, but a little bit more inspired. <laughs> Same way. That's how I feel. A every lot day more too. inspired. Yeah, I got yeah. you. We're still figuring it out. All okay, right. so everyone, go check them out. Buy some rabbit ear laces. Make sure and follow and subscribe to our podcast. Please and thank you. Please. Yeah. Please and subscribe and follow. I think Please. that is it for us. Yeah, that's Kay. it. Okay. Bye, Thanks, everyone. Keegan. Thank you. Thank you.